The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, sisters, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, sisters, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown, good Lord, show me the way. Oh, brothers, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Come on, brothers, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown, good Lord, show me the way. Let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, fathers, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown, good Lord, show me the way. Oh, Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. This is not a pre-recorded program. This is live. On occasion, we have to run a a broadcast that was pre-recorded. But as a rule, this is always a live broadcast. Coming from the prayer closet directly to you to speak what God has said to me, to call you to that place of holiness, that place of utter surrender to Jesus. So welcome. I'm glad you're here. The broadcast today is entitled, Are You a Christian? Don't answer that question quickly. Don't let it just sit, oh, yes, I'm a Christian. Consider carefully that question. It's not given casually. Because, quite frankly, most people in America who say, I'm a Christian, they are not Christian. I listened to a very renowned gentleman by the name of David Morgan. I have a lot of respect for David. He's a silver specialist. He made a statement that was shocking, but absolutely true. David Morgan's statement was, The God of this world is money. 
The God of this world is money. He said, if you dig down in every culture, you find at the very root that men and women worship money. Oh, they have religion. They have interests in many different things. But bottom line, they worship money because money makes the world go round. It buys the food, it buys the car, it buys the house. It makes life comfortable. And he said, we are now entering into a global depression. And strife will dramatically increase this year across the world because our God is money. And money is drying up. And people are hungry, working two or three jobs, trying to earn enough money to maintain their lifestyle. And they've not been able to continue making that lifestyle. They've not been able to make their car payments. Many people right now are considering whether they're going to just turn the car into the bank. They no longer need two cars. They need one car, but it needs to be a cheap car. The cheap cars are selling, but expensive cars are not selling. So David Morgan is saying, we have a great problem that we're facing, and that problem is how to deal with our God. Well, I've been saying for some time, America's God is money, and the God of heaven is not going to stand any longer for America to worship money. That the money is going to be removed from America. That we are entering a time of deprivation, starvation, death, destruction. Because God will not allow America to continue worshiping its God. Its God is a cheater God. Giving nations inflated paper dollars, fiat currency, for hard-earned corn or wheat, oil. Do you understand? Money rules the world. Money does not rule my life. I do not worship money. Do I need a certain amount of money to live? Yes, and Jesus provides that for me. But I do not worship at the altar of money. You have to answer this question regarding money before you can answer the question, Are you a Christian? Let me read this passage of Scripture. Mark, the eighth chapter. chapter. When Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Money. Worshipping money. Then he called, this is Jesus, called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. That is, deny himself the worship of money. Read the context. He must deny himself his lust. He must deny himself his pleasures. He must take up his cross and follow me. Where was Jesus going when he said, You must follow me? He was going to the cross. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. 
I'd never noticed before that word inserted. It's not found in Matthew 16th chapter. Whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel. What is the gospel? It's the announcement that the kingdom of God has come. That there is a new president in town. There is a new manager in town. There's a new executive order in town, and that executive order is described in the gospel of Jesus Christ. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, Wait a minute. Jesus is speaking to Jewish people. Remember John the Baptist came preaching, repent. What were they to repent of? Repent of being adulterous. What's it mean to be adulterous? It means to be worshiping a false god. If God is your is your money, and your money is your God, you are an adulterer before heaven. And you are condemned before heaven. I've said a number of times, and I've been misunderstood, and I'll be misunderstood again today. But I must keep saying it in the hopes that you'll catch it. If you have chosen a job, and you've gone to work for money. You are an adulterer before Almighty God. But wait a minute, Pastor. We have to have money, and I need to go where I have the greatest advantage, where I make the most. You're an adulterer before God. You're hell-bound. Yes, you need money. And money will flow to you in this world by working. But what is the purpose of working? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things sought after by the world will be given to you also. In other words, you have a job and you go to work, but you don't have a job and go to work to earn money. You, as a Christian, go to work as a witness and a testimony that Jesus is your Lord. You don't go there for money. And suddenly someone comes along and offers you a better job, more money. Don't take it. Where does Jesus want you to work? What does he want you to do? A young woman asked me, I'm going to work. She's just graduated. She's starting her job search. What advice would you give me for dealing with the corporate world, namely the federal government? I said to her, Go hard after Jesus. She looked at me like I was from the moon. She had no comprehension of what I was saying. Even though she says she's a Christian, it's obvious she is not a Christian. Instead, she wants the best job she can get that is the most satisfying job that will serve her interests in pleasure and comfort. That's not Christian. That's pagan. That's an adulterous person. I didn't try to go further. She said, is there anything? Soft answer turns away wrath. And that's what I said to her. An adulterous generation is an adulteress in the sense that I have given myself for intercourse to the world to be able to gain pleasure 
and gain a lifestyle and be successful and have people look at me and say, wow, look at her, look at him. No. A job is a place that you are assigned by God to accomplish the purposes of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the establishment of a new kingdom in the world. It is not the old kingdom where you work for money and you work for pleasure and you work for life. No. Sinful generation, it says then. Well, what is it to be a sinful generation? Adulterous. Just another way of saying the same thing. The sinful generation is the person who is there to please themselves, to do what they want to do, to fulfill their ambitions. All of that is a part of the old world system. It's not a part of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is concerned about others. The kingdom of God is one of love and hope and joy, not self-pleasure. Then it continues, The Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with his holy angels. It says, If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with his holy angels. What's he talking about? Jesus is saying, I'm going to be ashamed of you when I come and discover that your roots are deep into this world, into the pleasure, into the sports, into the activities of this world. And you're working so you can earn the money to take that that vacation. Is it wrong to take a vacation? No, it's not wrong to take a time to, to rest and seek more deeply after Jesus. But any vacation that does not result in your reading the word and seeking after Jesus and hearing clearly his heart for you is an adulterous and sinful vacation. What I'm trying to say to you today is not easy to understand. But there is a a wicked place that we who call ourselves Christians have taken. We've let our roots, the roots of our heart and our life, go deep into the wickedness of this world, into the adulteries of this world, into the pleasures of this world, into the into the productivity of this world, so that we can have all that we want. We have cast off the words of Jesus, where he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his innocence. I've been really praying about asking the Lord about. What is it that John the Baptist was saying to the children of Israel as they came to him to be baptized? Well, if you read carefully in Matthew, the people are coming to confess their sins. Well, what are their sins? What are their sins? Matthew 3.
Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. And when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of snakes! You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the tree. Could I say it another way? Don't think in your heart, I have Baptist at my root. Or I have Methodist, or I have the Church of God, or I have Pentecostal. Assemblies of God, I have... I have all of these these places where my roots have been put down. John the Baptist is saying to them, Yes, you have Passover. Yes, you have Pentecost. Yes, you have the rituals. You have the slaying of the lambs. Do not... Don't think that that's what's going to save you. He said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not fit to carry. I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is already in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire talking about anyone whose roots have not gone down deep into Jesus the axe is already at the root of your tree whether your tree is your church your belief system And Rodney just sent me a, a text on the chat line saying, Proverbs says, you don't eat if you don't work. Well, he's right. We're obligated to work. What is the work? In the New Testament, the work is the kingdom of God. It's not the kingdom of this world. You go to work in the kingdom of this world, but you don't put your roots down in this world. Instead, please hear me clearly. There's such misunderstanding about this. You put your roots down in the kingdom of God. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You are in that place of employment and work to work with integrity, with excellence, but you were in that place as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are in that place to testify and witness by word and action that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. You are not ashamed of that reality in your heart and your life. And you may get fired because you are a Christian. I'm not talking about a Bible bopper. I'm not talking about somebody who goes in and is always talking about religion. I'm talking about a person who goes into that work environment and does not cheat and does not lie and works hard and faithfully for that master. And yes, you will be paid for that work, but recognize that that pay does not come from the devil. It comes from Jesus. Recognize that your employment is in the hands of Jesus Christ. So it doesn't matter if you get fired for serving Jesus Christ. He will open another place of employment. But don't get the idea that you can go to work, as one man said to me, 
I believe that I go to work and people see the difference between me and others, and that's my testimony to Jesus. And I said to him, how many people have you brought to Jesus since you've been working for the last 50 years? No one. Then who were you really working for? What was your testimony? It wasn't about Jesus, and it wasn't coming out of an intense prayer closet where you sought after Jesus with all of your heart. You were there to make money, not to serve Jesus. So don't call yourself a Christian. Your roots were deep into that government job. You see, when we're talking about, are you a Christian? You've got to come back to the basic question. Are your roots deep into Jesus Christ? Or are your roots deep into this world and its pleasures and its lifestyle? Are you a part of the sinful, adulterous generation that John the Baptist was speaking about. Let me read a scripture to you. Whoever acknowledges me, this is Matthew 10, 32. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. So if you don't acknowledge Jesus in your place of work, among your friends, then Jesus will not acknowledge that he knows you, and you are not a Christian. For whoever disowns me before men, that is, whoever does not acknowledge that they know me, that they serve me, that I am the governor of their life, I am the master of their life. If you don't acknowledge that with people, Jesus will not acknowledge you. Whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father. What's he saying? I've come to turn a man's philosophy, his beliefs, his practices against the family rituals. And it will cause strife a daughter against her mother. Can you hear it now, Mom? I've decided I'm going to be a Christian. And that means I can't go with you to this place anymore. It means I'm going to focus on walking a holy life. Can you hear the mother saying, This is craziness. You're my daughter. Jesus says, a sword came between them. A daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Why? Because when you become a Christian, Jesus is where your roots are. Your roots are not found in the drinking and drugging and fornicating and partying of your of your earthly family or your buddies. That's not where you're at anymore. You've made a total change. A man who's struggling, who who says, yes, I'm a Christian, but, you know, I... So he goes home from work, and what's he do? Gathers his kids together to watch a movie. That man's not a Christian. He gathers to fill his mind with the filth of the modern movie industry. A Christian is not going to sit down and watch a movie. 
almost any movie. I I would say especially don't watch the movies called The Chosen. They're full of air. They're full of they're full of lies. And I find that people who love the movies The Chosen will talk to me about something they saw in that movie and think that it's in the Bible, but it's not. It's a total deception. It's a mixture of Catholic mysticism, Mormonism, paganism. That's not the real Jesus. It's not the Jesus found in Scripture. If you watch and you see Matthew, the tax collector, a wimpy little man, that wimpy little man could never have written the book of Matthew. No, Matthew was written by a man of strength and courage. He would never have gotten up and walked away from his lucrative career and followed after Jesus and not been afraid of the Romans had he been as portrayed in the wicked film series The Chosen. If you have it, throw it out. It will deceive you. Listen, anyone who loves his father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What do you mean, Pastor? That sounds very serious. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Yes, becoming a Christian is losing your life. It is cutting off the roots of your life to the world, to the flesh, to the devil. It is severing those roots so that you no longer gain your nurturance out of wicked movies, out of Marvel movies, out of all the movies of this world. Your nurturance now comes out of the Word of God. This man would have done much better had he come home and gathered his children together and told them sweet Bible stories with moral value and meaning, turning the hearts of his children already to Jesus instead of to the wickedness. It's... See, I opened this broadcast by saying, are you a Christian? And and part of you just quickly, oh, yes, I'm a Christian. No, you're not. Come on, be honest. If your roots are in the world, you are a pagan. If where you gain your enjoyment, you are a pagan. So will you work? Absolutely. You will be a representative of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. And you will do all in your power to include those you work with in the kingdom of God and have them saved. But... Don't imagine that you can say some simple little sinner's prayer with somebody and they're saved. They're not. They're thoroughly lost. You have probably just vaccinated them against the real gospel of Jesus. The real gospel of Jesus demands that you give up your life in this world and take up your life in Jesus Christ. Now, What's that going to mean? A very intentional and intense prayer life. A very intense and intentional reading of the scriptures. A very intense and intentional 
sharing with others what you are finding in the scriptures. It is a calling of men and women out of the darkness into the light. Where the fornication stops, where the pornography is cast away, where the masturbation is cast out, where the love of money is finally dealt with. Did you hear me? Where the love of money is cast out. Money means no more to me than a tool to be used to help others. A pagan man is in a desperate quandary because he must buy this new car and he's a thousand dollars short. Okay, give him a thousand dollars. If you have it. If a man doesn't have a coat and you have two, give him a coat. There are rules of kindness and mercy and giving. Look at the Sermon on the Mount in the book of Matthew, the fifth chapter. The Sermon on the Mount is simply Jesus' description of how people who are in his kingdom function, what their value system is, how they operate. They are not selfish. They're not self-centered. They give. They bless. They talk about Jesus. It's very open. I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus. You understand? The instruction of Jesus is found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You want to be a Christian? Read and understand the value system being spoken of there and let your roots go deeply into Jesus Christ. Your sustenance will come from Jesus Christ. Now, because I'm a pastor and this radio ministry is for everyone, It's an outreach. Therefore, the Lord told me, pass an offering plate, and I will cause people to put money in the offering plate just like you do at church. And that will be a blessing that I bring to pay for the radio broadcast. And he is doing that faithfully. And I thank Rodney. And I thank Dirk. I thank Michael. Well, I could keep naming names, but I don't want to name names. But I'm so grateful that you see the picture and you've chosen to be a Christian and you've chosen to not have your roots down into money, but your roots are down into the gospel of Jesus Christ, into the kingdom of God. And that's where your value system is. It's what you care about. It's what you've given yourself to. Look at your checkbook. Look at your credit card statement. That's where you give your money. That's what is of utmost value to you in this world. What is your value system and what are you giving to? What are you giving your time to? What are you giving your attention to? Some of you are caught between giving a little bit to Jesus but the majority of your time and your interest are all given to the world, the flesh, and the devil. I'm saying cut off those roots. 
those roots that go deep into darkness will not ever satisfy your soul. The only satisfaction you'll ever get in your soul will be the person and the work and the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I wish I could ask you, do you have questions? Rodney, did you understand my answer? Proverbs says you don't eat, you don't work. I know beyond question that we've got to face this question, are you a Christian? I am a Christian. What makes me a Christian? The roots of my life go deep into Jesus Christ alone. My interest is Jesus and his kingdom and the welfare of the kingdom of God. I'm not interested in religion. I'm not interested in these institutional churches that are just entertainment centers. I'm not interested in these churches who are teaching doctrines of demons and devils. No, I want something clean and fresh and real. Is that your interest? Are you a Christian? Let's pray together. Lord, I've come to pray, to cry out to you. But Lord, I live in a world that's so adulterous and so sinful. It's filthy, dirty. It's movies. It's lifestyle. It's lust. Lord, it's filthy, dirty. And brothers and sisters that I love are still caught with their roots going deep into the wickedness of this world. Lord, I come today pleading with you that those who have listened to this broadcast will cut those roots off, that the acts of heaven will cut those roots off, but not their lives, that they will be saved as they give themselves utterly, totally, and completely into your hands, Jesus. Oh, my Lord and my God, we need a people who will cry out to you, a people who will turn from the wickedness of this age and say, no, I'm not going to walk in that wickedness. I'm not going to give myself to the devil, to his lifestyle, to his entertainment. You are the one that I turn to for healing, for restoration, for life. Lord, I don't turn to the world. I'm not interested in anything they have to do or say. Lord, I go to those in the world with love and compassion and mercy and give them everything I can give them. Lord, would you come? Would you bring forth the rolling thunder of revival in America? Lord, I know we're about to see destruction. The God of this age is being destroyed by you, Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that you will utterly destroy this God. And I pray you will turn the hearts of those who worship this God entirely and completely to you, Jesus. And we need that revival, which is men and women choosing to leave the world, the flesh and the devil, and to come out and to be separate and to worship you, Jesus, to give their time, their attention, their money to the work of the kingdom of God. Lord, I thank thank you for each person who has listened today. 
whose heart is fixed on you, Jesus, who desire you with all of their hearts, who are not trying to be double-minded, who don't have one foot in the world and one foot in some religious organization. Lord, I pray you will call your people out of the world, out of wicked churches, out of wicked organizations, adulterous and sinful, that you will cut them off, that you will call them to step out and honor your name and pay the price to be Christians. Lord, I worship you, and I honor your mighty name. And I know we're in such trouble because, Lord, most who call themselves Christians can't give an adequate answer for whether or not they're a Christian. They're kind of halfway in between. Lord, I ask you to cut out from under their feet the stuff of the world and cause them to hunger and thirst after you, Jesus. Almighty God, I'm sick of these halfway Christians who are pagan at heart, who have their roots deep into this world. Lord, forgive them. Forgive them. I come today pleading for your mercy. I come pleading, Jesus, that you will turn the heart of every person listening today to the gospel, to the kingdom, to the power and to the glory of you, Jesus. They treat you like you're dead, Jesus. One man even said, If you pray to Jesus, you're insane. No, he's the insane one. He's the hell-bound man. Lord, I plead today your mercy. Thank you, Lord. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. In just a moment, we're going to take time to pray for the sick. But before I do, I want to ask, as the offering plate is passed, we're about $1,000 from being able to cover the cost of this month's broadcast. I ask, would you help? I thank those of you who have consistently helped. I thank Jesus for what he's doing in your your life. I want to pray for you. Lord, I come. I know you'll cover the cost of the radio. I know you've given some large offerings that we've held back that we can use if necessary for this month's radio. Lord, you know that this is not salary for me. I don't take salary from the National Prayer Chapel. The church pays for the church meeting place and for the expenses. Five minutes. But Lord, I need the people who listen to the radio to step forward and help with the cost of the radio because we have to buy this time. I know you'll do that, Jesus. Thank you. And we're broadcasting over YouTube, and we're also broadcasting live on WAVA 780 AM. Share this with friends.
invite them to listen to the broadcast. And now, I want to pray for the sick. Lord, you know that I've been desperately sick, life-threatening. You know my broken leg and the struggle and the pain. And Lord, there are many others in the same place. They're in harm's way. They don't know if they will live or die. Lord, I've come today with a message of life, the kingdom of God. And Lord, I pray that every person listening who is sick, who is broken, who is maimed, I ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will come right now and move in power over their life and over their body and over their mind. We rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. You will not have these precious ones. They belong to Jesus. And I rebuke you in that precious name of Jesus. And I command you, leave them alone. Sickness, depart from them. You will not afflict these precious ones. Except as Jesus allows that thorn of suffering for his own purpose. Lord, I thank you for each of these who is struggling. And I ask that you open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing today for them. Turning them to the scriptures. Turning them to you. And I thank you, Jesus. I pray in your name and by your blood, Jesus. Amen. Now, the last scripture that I was using, I may not have shared that with you, and you may need to go back and read it carefully for yourself. Matthew, the 10th chapter, verses 34 through 39. 34 through 39. Well, we're almost out of time for this broadcast today. Would you share the broadcast with someone? And subscriptions on YouTube, we've almost reached a thousand. Would you subscribe? If you're not subscribed, would you please do so now? I don't know that it matters that we get a thousand subscriptions, except that it means that YouTube will spread even further their advertising for these and other broadcasts. Would you also check off your approval? Thumbs up. That also influences YouTube and where they share this message. Well, we're out of time. I'll talk to you soon. I love you. God bless you.